Pylon listeners, welcome back to the podcast, the NFC North podcast, talking everything NFC North and recapping week 10 of the NFL season. Oh boy, things are getting down to the wire here, and we have a lot to talk about uh, as three of our teams uh, won this weekend. But before we get into it, I'm Big Z representing the Detroit Lions. Let's go around to the rest of the crew. We got Barney representing the Bears. Fuck you, Big Z. <laughs> <laughs> Now we got Remy representing the Vikings. Keep hope, Viking fans. There's still hope. And then last but not least, Kinger representing the Pack. Boys, good to be back with you. Feels like ages. My apologies for last week, but happy to be back. Go Pack. All right, so a lot to get into, but let's first cover this Monday night game. We're recording this like half an hour after the game is wrapped up. The Vikings... Taking a 19-13 victory on the road in Chicago, a place where they've struggled mightily. But uh, it was a very ugly game, to say the least. But, uh, Rebbe, your team pulls it out. How are you feeling about uh, the, the Vikings? This is uh, three in a row, right? Yeah, this is three in a row. Um, what I've noticed right out the gate is our defensive line has been able to get pressure, and that's specifically with DJ Wanham, uh, 98. He is a beast. Um, he was the one that tracked down Aaron Rodgers on that final play. Um, and he did something similar to the night of Foles. Um, but no, uh, I mean, this was just back and forth from the get from Kyle Rudolph's fumble in the beginning. I said, here we go. Their defense is ready to play. Um, it was frustrating because, well, number one, I was working and editing a news show, but on the same side, I was watching it simultaneously, but it was frustrating seeing you guys. I held Dalvin Cook to like 3.3 yards a carry. He ended up with 96, but he did not score. So every on 30 carries <laughs> on and, and every Viking fan that had uh, Dalvin anytime touchdown score in your parlay. Sorry, guys. But uh, no, and you guys did a phenomenal job at stopping Dalvin, and it came down to Kirk Cousins making plays when they matter. And we all saw Adam Thielen when that caused the interception when he didn't catch it. Adam Thielen also had a drop ball in the end zone, but he also then made up for it by catching two in the end zone. But you look at those guys that really made the game-changing plays is guys like Justin Jefferson. On second and nine, he's got an out route to make it third and two, you know, and convert. uh, Because he finished with, like, a game high of, like, 163 yards on, like, eight, Uh, eight, right? Justin, eight eight for 135. 135, yeah. And he just, you know, he didn't score, but he continues to be trusted by Kirk and – is able to make a big play. Um, our defense is is getting is getting there. Um, we've we've gelled with what we've got. We've we've got the players on there. They may not be their starting core, but you know they're they're starting to gel. And it was ugly. And I feel like a Chicago Bears saying it, but we got the win. And I, I you got to look at our next you know upcoming games. We got the Cowboys at home, the Panthers at home, and the Jaguars at home. We could be seven and five by December six. All right, winnable games. I mean, yeah, the, <laughs> their their fortunes have really changed. What do you, What do you think is the biggest reason for that change? What What's the, the offensive one thing? line getting Dalvin Cook and 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 you know Kirk Kirk got in in his way the Bears defense held us in check 
it's it's Kirk it's Kirk Cousins stepping up and making those throws, not getting uh rattled and just tucking. I know there was a couple plays where he just he threw it to Dalvin and Dalvin was able to make the first. Um but our our, our offensive line has made it easy to get Dalvin going, sell the play action. And then our honestly our our pass rush, our pass rushes, our D line has been great. Uh, yeah, but so uh, and Barney and Kinger, you can test. Uh, Remy was saying before this, you know, he, he's in love with Kirk Cousins now. But was he not a few weeks ago? I'm not on in the love with Kirk Cousins. Cousins train. He does. No, I'm, he well, does I'm asking what he Barney does. And to he does what he does to win games. But okay, proceed. He, you know what? I'm not going to shoot him down because he he at least he was friendly right there in his uh in his you know. Few few minutes after the victory, so I I'll just say you know if he's gonna have a game, it, it was a good game to have it against a team that has uh you know like a, a solid defense like uh the Bears do. Uh, I think he did exactly what he needed to do to to win the game. Uh, I do think a huge contributing factor was the fact that Akeem went down the third. I think uh, yeah, the what happened started- with that because I was watching and then I went to like edit something and looked back and saw he was on the sideline because he was owning Dalvin Cook. I I don't know what the injury is. It kind of looked like he came up lame um, with you know it, it, what just seemed like it was like a hamstring like you know, strain or something like that, the way he kind of jumped upward. But I don't know what it is. But, uh, you know, it, it, once he went down, I, you know, I still felt felt comfortable because um, I still think our defense is good enough. But, you know, you could just see that uh, the holes were at least opening up a little bit more without that guy in the middle. Yeah. So, so Barney, your, your team gets two turnovers, a special teams touchdown. The Vikings screw up an extra point. That was huge. And you guys only lose by and you guys only lose by six. I, I, what do you, what are you feeling about? This? What could they do on offense at this point? Matt Nagy isn't wasn't calling plays for this game. Uh, maybe he needs to go back to calling plays after this offensive performance. I don't know. I'm I'm just trying to see. Is there any sort of positive anywhere on this offense right now? What do you think, buddy? <laughs> I, I mean, it's. I don't know. I'm trying to help you out to spin it anyway. Yeah, I don't know. No, uh, <laughs> I would. I would not welcome back Nagy. Um, you know, Colin plays again. I think he's a fucking idiot. But uh, you know, this is what we get. This is just Bears. This is what the Bears have. The Bears have been since you know like the '90s. You know, like we haven't had an offense. We don't know what an offense is. Clearly. You know, Nick Foles had 106 passing yards versus a team that has fourth-string cornerbacks out there. You know, uh, I mean, it's not like he had all day to 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 throw back there. I mean, but that's again like structurally, the the Bears have no idea what the fuck they're doing. Pace is an idiot. I mean, we're coming up on the deadline, and there's offensive line help out there, but. You know he's still comfortable with a converted defensive en- or defensive tackle who's not even good enough to be in the league as a defensive tackle. It just it bothers me that I trick myself into getting excited for games each week because I know damn well, you know, in like every preview I give you guys that it's gonna be ugly, but I still I still have the. The faith that the Bears D is going to do enough. 
because scoring a touchdown on any team, let alone a team that's depleted like the Vikings, is not that hard to do. Yet, here we are, and uh, we didn't have an offensive score. I don't know how many yards total the Bears offense had, but, I mean, I think it was under, like, 200. Uh, it was under 150. Yeah, exactly. 150 fucking yards. Uh, I mean, it's it's brutal. Um, Allen, or you have dumbass Dwayne Harris. I mean, Jesus fucking Christ. Like, can we just get somebody who... I don't, I don't even care about catching punts anymore. I really don't. Let's just bring that extra guy and try to block the fucking punt. I do not understand why the fuck we care about fielding that punt because we're just going to do a three and out anyway. All right. So we might as well try to do a three and out after blocking a punt and having the ball in field goal position. But, uh, dude, it's just, it's scheduled disappointment at this week at this time. Uh, you know, it's just each week I'm just looking forward to this stuff and, and even when we win, like we got five wins on the board, but all five of those victories, there wasn't one time when I smiled during those games. So, um, you know, it's pathetic. Uh, I think uh, all of Hellas Hall should just burn the fuck down because they keep making the same mistakes over and over again and, and just acting like there's no big issue at all. And uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, Nick Foles looks like he got seriously banged up, which – Man. I don't mean to be yeah, an asshole, but I, but I couldn't give a fuck. I couldn't give a fuck. Like so at I, this point, at this it, point, I'm fine with him being hurt because, uh, you know, I just want his ass. I like there. He clearly cannot do what he needs to do with our team to win. So let's is get Trubisky his inactive. Let's get his payroll off the fucking books. Yep. Yeah, Trubisky's yep. inactive. Um, you know, but I mean, like, it's how dumb we are. All right, we're sitting here with 40 seconds left in the game. Tyler Bray comes in, right? And like, it's like Tyler, just hang your nuts out and sling it. You know, like nobody expects us to win this game at all. And what do we do with no timeouts? We throw it to Ryan Nall, our our, our third string running back, like like five five yards in front of the line of scrimmage in the middle of the field. And I'm like, this team does not want. Yeah, but it took off almost the entire entire in I, clock. That was that wasn't the worst play of the sequence. No. The worst play was the last one where they ran a seven yard route when they needed ten yards. No, and no, <laughs> he I, I, the I, 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 yeah. I mean, and and did you see before before that throw happened? They showed the they had to show like a panoramic view of the field because the Vikings defenders, like their four secondary players, were like fifty yards back. Yeah. There was nothing but room, but all of a sudden, like, like when there's nothing but room, you can't hit a fucking wide open dude. Like, just and uh, I, I don't know. It's it's laughable how fucking bad this team is, and everyone at that in that uh, organization, every single one of them deserves to just get fucking mollywopped in the fucking head. Uh, <laughs> I just don't understand how these people can make the money that they make. And make the decisions that they make. And somebody, some dumbass like me, who's sitting on the couch, you know, is, can just tell you without even opening up his eyes what the fuck's wrong with the offense. But they they just refuse to address it. Yeah. <laughs> 
And the Bears are going in a bye week right next week, right, Bernie? Yeah. Uh, from here on out, uh, we're five and five. Um, you know, I I don't know what our quarterback status will be for two weeks from now. I don't I don't know what Trubisky looks like, and I don't know what Nick Foles looks like. Um, but hey, you know, I I think uh, Ryan Pace will go into this next game saying that. Tyler Bray has nothing but uh, we have nothing but confidence in Tyler Bray, just like we do with our mm-hmm. our shitty offensive line, and uh, it'll just be more and more the same. Um, I don't think they're crazily. I don't think there's going to be much of a drop off. <laughs> I I mean like the the offense is already so fucking bad that I don't think it really will fucking matter because if there's just not like a defensive touchdown. Or you know a turnover with inside the red zone. Uh, there's just nothing that can fucking help this offense. Can you guys think of a team in recent history that is so good, has been so good on one side of the ball, and yet as bad as the Bears are on the offensive side? I mean, when you look at bad teams, really, I mean, if if you look at it, I mean, the Bears bottom three in all offensive categories. Uh, defense, you know, towards the top in all of them. I mean, I can't really think of a situation like that, and. Um, it's pretty crazy that I almost got was on this Bears hype train, Barney. I told you off off air earlier this year that I think I saw a path to ten wins for the Bears, and looking at that now, uh, <laughs> it's that was an, an absolutely bizarre statement by me. The holes on the offensive end just continue to be exposed week in, week in and week week out. And I will say I feel for you, Barney. Uh, you know I will sympathize for Bears fans because. Uh, I don't think I was giving the defense as much credit as I should have been early on in the year, and they're proven to be very good. And you know, week in and week out, you continue to have the same frustrations. It you know has to be absolutely infuriating. And I will say, I'll I'll give you some sympathy there, buddy. I I have had the same frustrations for the last twenty eight years. Um, I I mean I I don't since you're born. I yeah I <laughs> I uh, I just don't understand how. You know, we could just like act like this is just, you know, like like it's not something that we need to address. But, um, you know, I, I will say I apologize for my future lack of enthusiasm going forward, because at this point, um, you know, with the year that we've had, ah, dude, I wish nothing but misery. I want nothing but bad things that happen to our staff, like very, very mean things that happen. And now I'm sounding like a very uh, bad person. And I don't, this is what I don't, I don't, I'm just, I'm a, I'm a good person, but this is what the bears team <laughs> does to me. It wishes misery on other people, but uh, yeah. So I'm going to keep tuning in each week uh, to see if we can score a touchdown. Maybe that, maybe that should be the prop bet for the bears. An anytime touchdown by the offense plus <laughs> plus one thousand. <laughs> oh man, uh, Remy! I, l- l- since since your team won here, I just want to give you the last word before we move on to the the Packers here. Just uh, I I feel about going in next week, and uh, and also I wanted to ask you: Do you think this is more a product of the Bears being bad or the Vikings improving on the defensive side of the ball and being good? What did you what do you what do you think happened here tonight? We definitely improved on the defensive side, but I mean, there's it, it comes down to one play, and that one play was that Anthony Miller miss. That if he makes that, that's I mean, 
very slim chance Minnesota can come back, especially after that miss extra point. So, we'll, wait, wait, what miss? The touchdown yes, throw or yes, the the, uh, the throw, the throw that was a little bit behind the, the touchdown throw or the seam route? And uh, Barney, uh, wait, really quick, do you think that was on Anthony Miller or Nick Foles that uh, that first interception that uh, it was, was just thrown a little, little bit, bit overthrown? I mean, I, I, it's not like it was the perfect throw. I won't say it wasn't, but. I don't know. I, I come from a I come from a family that's that says if it hits you in the hands, you fucking catch the ball. Uh, but Fair but enough. Anthony Miller, you know, I I don't even care that Nick Foles overthrew the the touchdown pass because I'm sure as shit positive that that Anthony would have found a way to drop the ball anyway. I mean, he he had like four <laughs> drops today. Uh, I don't know. I, I I don't know why we keep. Uh, it's uh, whatever. Back to your back to your point, Big Z. Uh, no, yeah, like going yeah. forward, we got, you know, Dallas, which we got Andy Dalton there. Um, I think we're taking teams now who are vulnerable and we're starting to find our rhythm and our defense has a little bit of swagger in them now that they've won three divisional games in a row coming off of their bye. Um, we're guys, we got guys getting off of the injuries, like our corners, you know, we're starting to get some depth at corner, which, well, it's mm-hmm. the first time I've said that all season. But um, I, I think I think this Minnesota team is slowly rising, and if we can, you know, win the next three, we can be seven and five by December sixth. And Lions and Vikings play each other last game of the season. That right? might Could be, that be that for the might, playoffs. Yeah, that might be uh, <laughs> that might be for the playoffs. That'd be a great scenario for me. That'd be a great scenario. It'd be for a fun me. game. <laughs> All right, let's move on now um, to the Packers Jaguars recap here. <laughs> um, thirteen and a half point favorite favorite Kinger, and also uh, causing a lot of heartache to Barney over there. What do you have a ten team parlay? You said Barney, and you lost on the Packers because they couldn't cover by ha- by five points. Ten ten team parlay going from uh, Thursday all the way through to the Bears Monday night. Everybody <laughs> covered. Everybody won. I brought the. Brought the Packers down from 13 and a half down to four and a half, thinking, you know, this team, I don't think the Packers are a good team. I don't think that. But <laughs> I'll, I think four and a half should be fine versus second worst team in the entire NFL. But, uh, you know, it just, it's just Bears, being a Bears fan, man, I got to watch this bullshit on Monday night. And then uh, I got to watch the Packers, uh, I got to watch the Packers win a game. But fuck me. <laughs> I, I don't get it. <laughs> so, Kinger, what do you think of this Packers game? Uh, a little little shaky, no? Yeah, it's rough life being a Bears fan, Barney. I'm sorry, man. But, uh, you know, looking at last week and when I was doing some prep before all my difficulties last week with the podcast, it was pretty much going to be the same narrative coming in as we've had the last couple uh, you know, supposedly you hear a superior team playing the inferior team, Jacksonville Jaguars, as Barney already mentioned, one of the worst teams in the league uh, on paper. Uh, looked like it was setting up for Green Bay to hopefully show some dominance. And yeah, Jacksonville game a game. Uh, you know, there was some some different circumstances that were presented to Green Bay. Not going to make an excuse in the weather because it wasn't as bad as some of the earlier games this season. But cold, windy day in Green Bay with a little bit of rain sprinkled in. Green Bay down their starting two corners. Um, you know, Jacksonville showed up. They were they were <clears throat> ready to go. It's the first time all season the Packers were stopped on the opening drive. 
Um, and quite frankly, uh, as soon as Jacksonville returned that kick, you you kind of knew as a Packers fan or the punt, it was you knew as a Packers fan you were going to buckle in and it was probably going to be a pretty good game. Um, for some reason, the Packers have just shown up flat. Uh, you know, sometimes this season, I you can't quite explain it. Matt Lafleur was asked about it again after the after the game, and he's you know kind of gives the same candid response. I think we need to evaluate things internally as a coaching staff, starting with me. Um, you know, and then addressing it from there down. And I think, uh, you know, it's definitely a little bit of a cause of concern as to why we continue to have that. But looking back on at some of the footage today of the game, it actually wasn't as bad as it looked on TV. Um, I really think you got to give credit to Jacksonville in a certain sense. I mean, offensively, they were banged up, and it is Jake Luton, Lutton. Um, so, you know, it was actually the expectation was Green Bay would dominate. But again, they've been vulnerable in the run game this this season, and without their starting two cornerbacks, I kind of, it, it, to me, it felt like, you know, there was some potential that Jacksonville could, could make it a game, and they showed it. So, uh, you know, back to the point about them starting slow, it, it's a question. But again, you know, they got, they figured out a way to get a W. There were some really good individual performances yesterday that, you know, as a Packers fan, you can get really excited about against it's the Jaguars. But um, progress in the right direction and a win is a win in the NFL. Hey, and Marquez Valdez-Scantling stepping up, huh? 78-yard touchdown on this one, catching the ball. It's always nice to see that out of him absolutely marquez stepped up big time yesterday and it was uh you know it was much needed Devonte was obviously a factor but uh he was battling a little bit what appeared to be an ankle injury for a little bit i think that was with the diagnosis uh he ended up getting back in the game but um yeah it was big for marquez super happy to hear uh you know to see him succeed he came up in obviously a couple of real crucial catches uh, the bomb early in the in the in the game when he used a little bit of the referee there as a little bit of a shield to help him get in the end zone, and then another crossing route late in the game for I think 17 or maybe it was 30 yards. Uh, you know, very excited as I've always said, he's a physical specimen, and when he plays well, uh, it's tough to guard him. Yeah, and a big a big story in the NFL in general this week, and uh, with all the wind across the Midwest. That, that, what's that, the second game the Packers have played in with 20-plus mile-per-hour wins this year? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's made for some interesting games up there in Green Bay. Um, and it, and that seems to be a get the go against their type of offense, especially there in Rodgers being the vocal point. Yeah, and and it's something too that was being addressed. I've seen from a lot of the beat writers on Twitter, and some of the things is like, you know, Green Bay is supposed to be the cold weather team, and we've shown that you know the, those type of weather games and the cold weather games, we necessarily don't look like we're really built to be that cold weather traditional Green Bay team that's uh, you know holds down Lambeau Field and is you know invincible to the cold or whatnot and whatnot. So. Uh, it's definitely a little bit of a something to to watch going forward, especially you got a team like Jacksonville coming up. You know, their Florida team coming up, and that's 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 a, definitely a shockwave for them. So, uh, it is what it is. We're on the road next week in Indiana Dome, so we'll see if anything happens differently then. So, how do the? I mean, James Robinson had twenty three carries for one hundred nine yards. Again, not a not a great day on the ground uh, for the Packers' run defense. So, what's going on there? Uh, who, are they missing? Is somebody injured that I'm missing, or is it scheme? What 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 is going on there? So the linebackers are still obviously a little bit of uh, issue for the Green Bay defense. It was nice to get Christian Kirksey back, uh, and you know he was active this week. He had seven tackles. Um, Kamal Martin had not a ton of snaps this week, but he was pretty effective when he gets in there. Uh, but the D line again, um, outside of that, really struggled outside of Kenny Clark. I want to give a special shout out to him. Uh, he actually had his highest. I think I saw earlier. Uh, it was one of his highest rated run defensive games um, in his career. Uh, he actually was 
beast out there, really disrupting the backfield, blowing up the offensive line. He had got Norwell a couple times, real good, reading screen plays. Uh, Kenny was very active out there. Um, but outside of him, you're right, there was still lacking it. Um, and just the overall physicality, Robinson, I think, is an underrated back. He's a big physical back. Um, you know, he took a toll on it. And uh, that's something, again, that Green Bay has to step up and improve on as the season goes forward. Yeah, and Zadarius Smith stepped up in this game, which was good for you to see, I'm sure. Definitely. Zadarius, again, Rashawn Gary. Rashawn Gary had a career-high seven pressures yesterday. Him, Preston, and Z all had a sack. Uh, that's another positive sign, right? I think Jawan James, their right tackle, is one of the lowest rated in the league, but Cam Robinson, pretty quality. <laughs> yeah. Norwell out there as well. So, uh, you know, it's it's it was good to see those guys get active, and I'm very excited about Rashawn. Because when yeah. he, when he's been healthy, uh, he's got some physical tools, and I think he's really worked on his game, and it's starting to show on the field. Yeah, if you can get Rashawn Gary going, that's uh, that that's a difference maker for sure. Because I've never been a fan of that guy. Seems kind of lazy to me <laughs> personally. Is that a fair assessment or no? Nah, I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with you there. This offseason, he's worked hard and uh, he's really committed to his craft. Uh, the 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 guy that's really been lacking a little bit this season has been Preston Smith. A lot of teams have been running towards him. Um, he had a little bit better game yesterday. Uh, overall, again, you know, it was it was just another. It was good individual performances, but it's not where it needs to be as a team. And that's these are all still things they're going to work on going forward. It'll definitely. Uh, be nice to hopefully get Jair and Kevin King back next week. Yeah, because your lowest rated player in this game with I think he's the lowest rated cornerback in the league this week was Chandon Sullivan. Chandon had a rough <laughs> not, not a good game for him. <laughs> no, and I really like Chandon. Chandon's been a really good quality number three corner this week, but he did struggle. Um he had a pass interference call against him and he got beat a couple times. It was definitely not his best game, but uh Kadar Holman stepped in last or last uh yesterday uh, he was our sixth rounder out of Toledo in 2019. Uh, you know, not great game, but he made plays when he needed to. A couple of nice third down uh, stops. Uh, wasn't afraid to get his nose in there and tackle people. So, uh, pretty good game or pretty good uh, game from him in regards to him taking more snaps than usual. Definitely, definitely. Uh, so, who do the Packers have coming up here? Uh, uh, we are going to Indianapolis oh, yeah. next week, so that'll be a good That's one. Right. Very I think you're underdogs. We are one and underdogs. a half point underdogs. Uh, so we're going to be heading there. They flex the game to the afternoon slot. But the one thing I want to address with you boys that needs to be highlighted as the man deserves a lot of credit and uh, for his hard work and deserves to be noted for this. David Bakhtiari, how about him becoming the highest uh, paid offensive lineman in the league? The Packers extending him for year extension, 105 million. Um, they know base 23 million a year, and with incentives could reach 23 and a half. Uh, you know, super happy for that man. He's an incredible left tackle. Uh, you know, four, 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 four time All Pro for the Packers. Only the second lineman uh, in Packers history to do that. Uh, proven to be one of the best in his position, and when he's healthy, great protection for the blind side in Green Bay. Lockdown. Now we have two contract players signed through 2024. David Bakhtiari and Kenny Clark. There you go, and yeah, I, I would agree that he de deserves that uh, that contract for sure. He he's definitely <laughs> it gives Aaron Rodgers forever to throw the ball. It, I don't know what it is, but uh, defensive ends have really struggled with him. Has Khalil Mack had good success against him in the past? I I don't know. Uh, well, I think I think defensively we do we do fine at least in the last couple of years with Khalil, but I 
I mean, nobody's Khalil ever popped Khalil off. was going against Bulag a lot, though. Khalil was lined up against Bulag a lot on that right side. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he, you know, Bakhtiari for the most part is is held it down just for just about anybody um, over the last few years, and it was super cool. He had a go ahead, Barney. No, no, no. I was gonna say, shockingly enough, it was always Leonard Floyd who was the guy that could get after Aaron Rodgers. That was the only guy he could ever sack. <laughs> That's true. Leonard Floyd did have some good games against us. Uh, but you know, it was funny. He just said he was. Yeah, it was real nice to see him at the press conference yesterday. Uh, you know, again, he seems like a really genuine dude. Um, and he was just like, you know, what is everybody saying about how are the Packers like committing to a tackle long term like this? And he's just like, well, they didn't regret it in 13 when they drafted me. They didn't regret it in 16 when they signed me, and they're not going to regret it again here in 20. And it was just, you know, super cool to see hear him say that, and how he's looking like hopefully he's going to finish his career as a Packer. So thought that definitely needed to be addressed, and that's big time, uh, big news, and you should. De- and Definitely, Packers fans should be excited for it. And Remy, uh, I was going to ask: Did, did the Vi- have the Vikings had a lot of success against Bakhtiari? Do you know Everson Griffin or Daniel Hunter? Um, I know we have been getting sacks on him a couple times. I don't know if it's on Bakhtiari's side or not, but um, I mean, we've we, we've sacked Rodgers a few times. I just I I don't know if it was on his side or not. Bakhtiari is one of the best guys in the league. I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a well-deserved yeah. uh, contract. I'm happy because I thought I thought he was going to be on the team regardless, and now that he's at least taking up that kind of a market share, that at least makes me a little bit happy that uh, that there's less money to go around for Aaron Rodgers to be better. But uh, <laughs> you know, like I mean, it's but he's been a staple. He's been great. Yeah, and I, I can I can attest the Lions have not had great success rushing on him in the past, so there's that. Well, but, well um, he had a couple hands to the face, that's why. Yeah, was that Bakhtiari? <laughs> I can't remember. I don't know. <laughs> I think it was. I think I, it was Trey I, Flowers. I think it was him as well. Yeah, bullshit. Good bullshit. <laughs> I will be forever pissed about that one. Unbelievable. Um all right, so the Packers, they moved to 7-2 and two in first place in the NFC. Uh, again, the, the Seattle Seahawks went from first in the NFC to seventh in the NFC in one weekend. Um, so kind of kind of crazy how that worked out for them. Uh, but um, before I move on to the Lions, I just want – I forgot to mention one thing to Remy uh, before um, I move on to the Lions here that I didn't cover. Uh, Remy, do the Minnesota Vikings practice special teams? This is two weeks in a row where their special teams will look like the worst in the entire NFL. Uh, m- missed extra point. Uh, special teams return for a touchdown. I mean, what what's 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 going on there? Yeah, there definitely uh, was some heat on the sideline regarding that issue. Uh, we'll get it figured out. Um, but yeah, no special teams. I mean, that could that that could have cost us the game. Should have cost us the game. I, yeah. I, I don't know uh, what the name of the special teams coach uh, is, but when he was getting absolutely chewed out by Zimmer, there was yeah. not there wasn't a single person who was happier than the special teams coach on the ensuing you know special teams play when Dwayne Harris dropped the dropped the punt and you guys got it. He was just running and like cheering. I don't think there was a single person in that stadium that cheered that much that entire game. <laughs> <laughs> it almost felt like a Nick Saban moment when uh, Zimmer was going after him. I was like, "Oh boy!" <laughs> All right, I, I just wanted to make sure I cover that. But um, let's let's move on to the last one of the NFC North here. That's of course my Detroit Lions with a big W, <laughs> a big W, a win over the Washington Football Team. 
who not the Washington football team was two and seven. The Lions four and five. Uh, Lions and Vikings now both four and five. Bears five and five. Packers with a big seven and two lead in the division. But uh, <laughs> the Vikings are ahead of the Lions technically because they beat them. But we'll get them again. We got you again. Uh, as I mentioned, last game of the season, Remy. Don't forget it's it. Gonna come but uh, Lions zoom out to a 24 lead with seven minutes in the third quarter. And then they do what they do best. They blow a big double-digit lead. In this case, 21 points. Um, they had three three-and-outs in a row after that touchdown where they got up 24 to three. Um, the the Redskins are I keep doing that. <laughs> Washington <laughs> football team <laughs> um, scores a touchdown uh, to tie it up with I'm looking right now with 221 left to play. Oh, I'm sorry. No, uh, with 244 left to play. The Lions have 11 plays, get a field goal. The Washington, uh, they come right back down, uh, tied up at, with a field goal. And then the Lions with 16 seconds left. Never count Stafford out when there's time on the clock in the fourth quarter. That's one thing you cannot do. This man with 16 seconds left managed to somehow get 30 yards. And Prater with one of the biggest boots you'll ever see. I think that field goal would have been good from 70 yards. Uh, he's been struggling all year, so to have a big kick like that was incredible to see. Uh, really, po that's a really positive thing going forward. Uh, but again, you can't count Stafford out. Uh, granted, he got some help uh, with a personal foul call to get it to midfield. But uh, you know, Stafford, another fourth quarter comeback. Yeah, Barney, you, you got you got something to say? What do you got to say? Come on, I, I love Stafford. I think he's fantastic. Uh, but I mean, it never ceases to amaze me how dumb. NFL players are. I mean, like, like Chase Young, just for no reason, just fucking no. smokes him. And it's like, dude, like I wanted you guys to lose because <laughs> we had that season long bet going, and and I I can't even get mad at that at them for throwing the flag there because I'm just like, how dumb are you people that like you just like just gonna nail the quarterback when there's at that point like. 10 seconds left in the game to give him a 15 yard. I just don't get it on that play too. He had a wide open receiver. Our receiver like kind of slowed down for some reason. Quintus Sivas, a rookie. Oh, it would have been, it was so close to being a walk off touchdown. Uh, but, but alas, it did not happen. But yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Barney. We got, we got a gift there. Uh, it, it kind of made up for it because, uh, on the previous drive, the Redskins got into field goal range on a, after completing a fourth down from a phantom pass interference call. Uh, Trufant was, you know, playing clean sound coverage, like maybe touched him with like his finger a two, but like, a again, it would have been another in a long line, a long line of, uh, lions losses where we had a frustrating penalty to partially blame for. I'm not going to put all the play about it. If we did lose, but just like, what, what a we were talking about the, we were talking about the phantom hands in a face call. We're now talking about a phantom pass interference. Like it just, what a, what a, boot a long though. list. What a boot. What unbelievable! That would I'm I'm dead serious. I think it would have been good from seventy yards. Was, he hit the mid, <laughs> middle lower part of the net on that kick. That was an I, ugly kick. Like the second it came off, I'm like, I did not know where. I thought it was like, uh, who's that? That Blue Jays pitcher, uh, the knuckleballer, Ra Dickey. Yeah, I thought it was Ra Dickey <laughs> kicking from there. I was like, what in the hell is going on? And then it just kept going. I'm like, oh shit, they're gonna win this game. I 100 percent the Lions 
thought the Lions were going to do, did everything in their power, and were going to lose that game until Prater got the opportunity. They tried. And, until they tried, Kinger. Uh, until Prater got the opportunity, right? You know, I don't know. I had a gut feeling. Prater, to me, you're right, he hasn't done well this year, but he's been historically so good. When he got that opportunity, you know he's got a fucking cannon. So when he when he stepped up, I had, I had a feeling the Lions were going to close it out. So, um, and that was Prater's 100th game, by the way, for the Lions. They... I I know I feel bad that he uh, got released by the Broncos for his DUI and his drinking problems, but <laughs> the Broncos' loss and his errors were our reward because he's been nothing but phenomenal for us uh, the last uh, five plus years. It's it's in, it's insane how lucky we got because we were re- we were like Bears bad kicking for a while, and now now we have Matt Prater and much more reliable. Um, but. Anyway, I, I uh, appreciate the- you throwing a dig in there as if I didn't already have enough heartbreak today. Thank you for that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, but um, so the Lions, I, I mean, this coaching staff, it is incredible how they don't make second half adjustments, both on offense and defense. The Lions came out with a good game plan. Maybe they developed it right at halftime with, you know, 15 minutes to come up with a, a game script. But then Darren Bevel this season, it's amazing. This this has happened time and time again, where the the defense, uh, the, like Washington scores, whoever it may be, and then our offense goes three and out. The other team comes back out and scores again. <laughs> it's just like, oh, here we go again. Same old story. Um, and it's constantly like three and outs. Lines aren't getting any first downs. No no adjustments are being made. I'm not sure what they're seeing it, it's just mind-blowing and it defensively it's just like forget about it the Lions had 56 offensive plays in this game the the defense had 88 plays <laughs> so the, the there was 32 more defensive plays for the Lions or 32 more offensive plays for the Washington team <laughs> over our team and yet we still pull out the win amazing um big thank god for Everson Griffin Remy he's been uh, really good in the two games he's come over to Detroit. I think he had four or five pressures for us in this one. A sack, sniffed out a reverse for a big loss. So in the first quarter, the Ram, the uh, the Redskins are driving. It's second and two at the 15 yard line. They run a reverse ten yards behind the line. Everson Griffin snips it out and that makes it second and like 17. And Alex Smith gets sacked by a Re- Romeo Quara, who has been easily the biggest improvement on the Lions this year by a wide margin. They get. Lions pick him up off the practice squad from the Giants two years ago, and now he's our best defensive lineman. Kind of crazy. Uh, but Everson Griffin, uh, big fan of him right now and what he's doing for Detroit. Uh, and and they got him for nothing, like a six-round draft pick. I don't know if it's going to make a difference if we make the playoffs, but he's at least given us uh, the best chance uh, because we had nobody there before. Um, and then the other big revelation in this game, I, well, two things. First of all, Washington uh, has the best pass defense in the NFL, and I thought Matt Stafford played his best game of the year. And that's because he started deep passing Marvin Hall, Marvin Jones. Uh, big success downfield in this game. But in addition to that, the biggest revelation was DeAndre Swift. Adrian Peterson finally got relegated to four carries in this game. DeAndre Swift gets 16 carries. He has six catches for 45 yards and a touchdown. Uh, just a monster day for him. Top-rated running back per PFF. Second-best graded receiver in the NFL, uh, and, and except for Monday night, obviously. Uh, so just we, we need to utilize him way more, way, way more. It was really good to see him utilize. Fans have been asking for it forever because it's just too obvious. Like, Adrian Peterson's slow, 
and he, he, he excelled in his four carries. I, I keep talking to Remy because, you know, he's, he has the closest connection to Adrian Peterson, but he, he's just not the same. Uh, but he did really good in his four carries in this game, had a catch for 10 yards, and that's what he needs to do going forward. He just doesn't have it anymore, but maybe he can be explosive for four or five plays. But DeAndre Swift, he is uh, a revelation and something to look forward to uh, going forward, too, for this Lions offense as well. This And the line. Yeah, this was like Marty. the first time that you guys, you know, in a while, right, have committed to a, a single running back being like the workhorse instead of, you know, going by a committee. Right. I mean, it j- I guess so. I mean, uh, Peterson and uh, Swift have definitely been splitting. Well, it, it when we started the season, it was Peterson getting 80 percent of the carries in this game. It was Swift. So and it's been like a slow, like tr- like progression like they met in the middle getting 50 percent at one time but now it's going the other way swift's getting more carries and peterson's getting less and that's the way it should be after looking at these these running backs swift's clearly the better guy um swift is not a great pass blocker but he doesn't need to be because of how effective he is everywhere else around the game um but i i love the way stafford played in this game even after getting his hand injured he should be fine for the next week's game we travel to carolina uh so the lions at four and five they go to carolina then they have the texans on thanksgiving if they can get the six and five heading into Chicago, I I, I like that. If the Lions, they, that's a good chance. If we if the Bears keep playing the way they are right now, get the seven and five, then they finish up with the Packers, Titans, Buccaneers, and Vikings. That's a that's a gauntlet there in December and early January. But uh, if they can get the seven and five, at least make it interesting for me. But uh, I. We're on the same boat here. Lions got to win out, Big Z. Lions got to win out to to hit your your preseason prediction. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Same same goes to you as well there, Barney. And actually, I, I think I think all of you guys, you guys all have five losses now, right? Suck a dick, dude. Wow. Wow. <laughs> we'll see, boys. We'll see if, how, how those predictions go. <laughs> oh, man. And uh, I, I do think 10 wins is what it's going to take to get to the playoffs. I mean, look at this. Packers 7-2, Saints 7-2, Cardinals 6-3. I'm reading in order of the seating right now. <laughs> Goddamn Eagles, three and five and one, first place in the NFC East, just beyond ridiculous. But then uh, the Buccaneers seven and three, Rams and Seahawks both six and three. I feel like ten and six is going to be the metric to get into the playoffs. So there's very uh, small room for error for both our Bears, Vikings, and Lions. Uh, the the Viking, the Packers, obviously much more leeway, three game lead with six games to play. The Lions were actually there a few years ago. I can't remember which year. It was when Sue was still on the team, uh, and they blew that lead. <laughs> so you never know, Kinger. But uh, the Packers are not the Lions in terms of uh, historically blowing leads or uh, in the standings or whatever whatever it may be. <laughs> so I, I have more faith in your Packers to hold this lead compared to the Lions. Well, five years and ago you got to remember, was. three of those six games are against, you know, our divisional opponents, which we know how that has gone for, for your respective teams the last couple of years. Yeah. Well, we'll see <laughs> that we will. That's why, they, that's why they play the games, right? That's why they play the games. What they say. Yeah. Hey, Jacksonville just gave us a run. It means you guys can too. Damn straight. Well, all right. I think that's going to wrap it up here. Talking about week 10 of the NFL season. Again, uh, there's six or se- seven weeks ago. There's a lot to uh, go over. The Barney, your Bears are on a bye week next week. They have a lot to go over. Maybe they'll 
learn uh, offense in those two weeks? I'm, I'm looking forward to a, to a peaceful weekend. Then <laughs> I bet you are. I bet you are. Uh, and and Remy, you're you're going into next week on fire. The Lions, some momentum with a win, and uh, Kinger, you, your your team's got a, a tough run ahead. But it should be a lot of fun. Should be a lot of fun. But thank you everybody for listening. Please follow us on Instagram at the Pylon. Every weekend there, we're also posting our best bets. Um, so a lot of good stuff on there. So please follow us on there, um, and a lot of other content. This is the one I remember off the top of my head. And then uh, please uh, subscribe to us on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, and please leave a review. Really appreciate it. So thank you everybody for listening. A big Z to Barney. Remy Kinger and our producer, Kid J. Thank you for listening, and we will see you later this week to preview week 11 of the NFL season.